While the Holy Spirit is likely the most underappreciated person of the Trinity, the work of the Spirit is not. Now, this is a good thing, but it does present us with a large variety of views regarding the Spirit's work in the life of the believer. This work ranges from the gift of salvation to supernatural mysticism. To be completely transparent, all that the Holy Spirit does is in a way supernatural, but not necessarily in the ways that we might think. Supernatural is defined as an event or phenomena that can't be explained by the laws of science or nature, in which case, yes, the work of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. But if by supernatural we mean that the work of the Holy Spirit is unexplainable or unreasonable, then no, that's not a definition a believer can support. So why not? Well, it's because it's not a definition that the Bible supports. In the Bible, we are given not only a clear understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit, but also his unique work as the third person of the Godhead. To be really, really clear on this point, the Bible doesn't leave us wondering about the work of the Spirit. Of course, there is mystery to God. Simply put, he's far too big for our total comprehension, and that's a good thing. But the ways in which God wants us to know and familiarize ourselves with the work of the Spirit in the life of the church and in individual believers has been made very clear in Scripture. The work of the Spirit is not a mystically acquired knowledge. It's understood only by the Word of God. So let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about the work of the Holy Spirit. But first, before we do that, an important and quick reminder. The work of God can never be separated so as to communicate that the persons of the Father, Son, and Spirit ever act in a way that is independent from one another. For instance, while it is true that each person of the Trinity has a distinct role or function in salvation, this does not mean the Son's role in salvation negates the Father or Spirit from being active. If we don't affirm this truth, then we are in danger of heresy. But now let's get back to the work of the Spirit. And because the work of the Spirit is extensive, I'm going to address six larger categories and provide scriptural evidence for each. First, the Spirit empowered the prophets of the Old Testament and the apostles of the New Testament with divine utterances from God. One of our understandings of the divine nature of the Word of God is that it is written by men who were inspired and moved by the Spirit. Ezekiel 11.5 gives us a clear picture of this in saying, And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Say, Thus says the Lord. And so, what we have in God's Word is what God the Spirit has authoritatively given to us. Second, the Spirit is the giver of life in regeneration. Salvation as a singular work of God is to be functionally understood as originating with the Father, accomplished by the Son, and applied by the Spirit. There is, however, a preliminary truth we must understand here. We need to be given life or reborn because, as Paul tells us in Romans, we are dead in our sin. The work of the Spirit in salvation is that of rebirthing us spiritually, creating life out of dust, replacing our dead heart with a beating one. Hence the reason Jesus tells a religious leader in John 3 that he must be born again of the Spirit. Third, the Spirit purifies and seals believers in the new life of salvation. Lest we misunderstand, the Spirit doesn't simply save the believer and then head back to heaven. The Apostle Paul makes this point explicitly in 1 Corinthians 6.19 when he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? This dwelling is what Paul has in mind when he tells the church in Ephesus that they were sealed with the promised Spirit. In essence, believers are marked off set-apart people. And as such, believers undergo the lifelong process of purification, or what we know as sanctification. We become more like Christ in the way we act and think, which is what Paul is getting at in Romans 8 when he says, 
For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Fourth, the Spirit guides believers into truth in the Christian life. This one is surprisingly quite simple. Jesus tells his disciples in John 16 that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Simply put, what God intends for us to know for our good and for our growth, he will reveal to us as we meet with him in his word, talk to him in prayer, and do life in the local church. Fifth, the Spirit equips believers with gifts to serve one another. One of the famous passages of Scripture is found in Galatians 5, and we know it to be Paul's listing of the fruit of the Spirit. Here he talks about the work of the Spirit in bringing about godliness in the life of the believer as it relates to their interactions with others. The Spirit also equips the church with gifts for the building up of the body in the faith as it relates to maturity and mission. To this end, the Spirit equips believers with varying gifts to do the ministry of the church, some of those being preaching, teaching, leading, evangelizing, giving, encouraging, serving, just to name a few. Sixth, and finally, the Spirit expands the kingdom of God through His work in believers. In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells His disciples a really important theological truth about the kingdom of God. He tells them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Their concern was that since Jesus was returning to heaven, something needed to happen in order for his kingship and reign to be established. And what Jesus told them was revolutionary. The kingdom is coming, and it's coming through you by the power of the Spirit. 